Welcome to the Merge Medical Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Brown, with my co-host, Dr. Jeff Cole. We're delighted to be jo uh, joined today by the uh, board members and executive leadership of Somavac. Somavac is a late-stage medical device startup. Somavac makes a surgical drain that is a significant improvement over the nearly 100-year-old Jackson Pratt drain. This is designed to improve patient care, satisfaction, and outcomes. And it couldn't be more timely as we're filming this now, October 22nd, right towards the end of Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I'm joined by Jane Burrs and Dr. Ezra Roan, uh, leadership at Somavac. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. It's great to be here. Thank so, you for having us. Absolutely. T tell us about Somavac. Somavac Medical is a early revenue stage medical device company out of Memphis, Tennessee. Um, we develop solutions that deliver deep tissue negative pressure therapy at the end of surgical drains, um, first and foremost to remove fluids very effectively and to bring tissue layers together so that we can uh, shorten time with drains. And the ultimate goal is to mitigate uh, challenges that arise from the accumulation of fluid uh, formation of seroma that then can lead to um, wound healing challenges, um, infections, cellulitis, uh, you name it. So that's what our goal is. But maybe Jane, Jane can speak to the other side of uh, patient side of our um, aims and goals. Yes, sure. When I first heard about Zomavac, I was so thrilled because as a nurse and, you know, beginning my career back a long, long time ago in this, on the surgical floor, you know, working with patients with back then the bigger hem hemovacs and then JP drains and, and just working with the, 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 the teaching about the drain and dealing with the drain all these years later, here we are. And I'm working with women now at a different level where I, where I work with hospital systems creating comprehensive breast centers of excellence where we look at every aspect of a woman's journey from, from mammogram, making sure we have all the right radiologists in place, all the right techs trained properly, all through the, the treatment phase and beyond. And, and to this day, after you know the last 20 years of working on breast cancer being a perfect system of care, the drain is the same and the women uh, uh, have the worst experience of all dealing with their drain. They're, it's unexpected. They've just gotten through a breast cancer diagnosis and are prepared for all kinds of things, but they aren't really prepared to go home with this thing that they have to, to deal with and the family has to deal with and the measuring and the, and, you know, anyway, so I, so to, to know there was something coming that could remove just that, that trauma related to the home care and the pain and, the, and having the drains that, um, for days and weeks, um, I was just thrilled. So to me, this is, is the breakthrough and the innovation of, that we missed all these years that we've been looking at trying to you know, diagnose early, uh, create um, a pathway of care that was con continuous and coordinated and, and just kind of ignored the number one complaint all these years. And that was related to the drain and the, the, the pain and the discomfort and also all the complications. So. To speak specifically about the product, what is it that's, that's revolutionary that, that's truly yeah. different yeah. and uh, something that you're, you're you know, celebrating at this point? Yeah, thank you, thank you. So it's, a, it's basically a um, easy to use wearable um, pump that has also one-click collection bags 
So um, it attaches to a physician's choosing of drain, 15 and 19 French drains. So we don't replace, um, we don't require a special drain basically with this technology, but it's um, low profile, easy to use, um, mobile, uh, battery operated, um, attaches at the end of traditional drains and, um, and delivers the deep tissue negative pressure therapy. It's consistent. It's constant 100 millimeters of mercury uh, vacuum at the end of the drain. That's what's really important, mm -hmm. right? Because what we found is the JP bulbs or Hemovax, you name it, whatever that was uh, designed um, back in 70s. Um, you know, let's go back to actually how um, those things came about. First, physicians attached drains to the wall suction or real pumps, right? Mm -hmm. To deliver actual suction so that they could remove fluids. And 40s to about 70s, they've seen some really nice results with that in the clinic. And therefore, um, whether it's bulbs and hemovacs were then created in the 70s and then patients were discharged home in 80s, right? With drains and these solutions. So when you went to the manual devices, uh, the delivery of continuous suction is no longer possible, right? Uh, you are depending on patient doing the work for, for that the nurses were doing in, in the hospital, right? In an inpatient care. So Somovac delivers continuous suction um, and it allows fluids to get accumulated in a very easy to collect, uh, easy to eliminate uh, one click uh, bags that the patients can quickly measure and toss it out and click a new bag in and the deep tissue negative pressure therapy is continually applied. It has also a, um, a drain connector that mitigates the backflow of fluids because it has a one-way valve in it where um, the drains, um, I'm sure, uh, I know uh, our audience today is surgeons and physicians. Uh, I know when I say this, everyone is going to cringe, but patients do take bulbs off the drains at home. We've seen it. It happens all the time. And when that happens is you're uh, sucking that fluid back into, you know, as you lose vacuum, you're sucking that fluid back into the you know, surgical site. Um, so, um, you know, we mitigate that with having a drain connector that has a one-way valve. To date, to the best of my knowledge, we are the only FDA-cleared um, medical device that's powered, battery operated for seroma prevention. That, that's really the gist of it. So, um, and I wanted to add to that, Ezra, you know, um, for many years I was in the, in the world of breast cancer. Now they have nurse navigators that follow the patient all the way through the, the journey. And it's, it's I'm now going to other cancer uh, specific tumor sites uh, as well, that model that we've put together. And, um, but I've worked as a nurse navigator back in the 90s and um, done, done a lot of, of home visits and all kinds of things. And then just most recently, and I, uh, I had a good friend who went through a mastectomy and came home with drains. And so I was just kind of back in that mode of, you know, working with her. And this this woman and her husband are, are, are extremely, uh, extremely competent people and very educated. And, and anyway, we were all reduced to like in the kitchen, uh, working with this drain and, and they were trying to milk it and she was pulling on it. And then 
you know, at some point he opens a thing and like sprays this fluid all over the kitchen. And, you know, it's like, this was like, oh my gosh. But I, I, I don't think physicians really understand how dramatic this thing is that they send home, you know, um, and, and this couple uh, nurse came out like five minutes before they left and talked about it and then sent them home. And so, so I think that, that this is just a, an area of, um, for, for the patient and the family, a dramatic change. And it's just dramatic. Um, and, and, and I talked to her about, with her about Somavax, she wanted to take it to her surgeon. It was like, too late, but she still wanted to take it to him. And, and there was such enthusiasm mm. around, oh my goodness, if only. And, and there were multiple kind of vests and pockets and pins and things that were required to hold the drain. These are just very practical issues. But instead of being with her family and enjoying the love and support after having a breast cancer diagnosis, the whole family was, <coughs> was consumed with this this just drain. drain and it's just a it's just real i'm just here to tell you it's 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 real and it, it it negates almost all the work we do for about 10 days until they can get it out and then maybe start dealing with what they could have started dealing with 10 days ago you know and then not to mention the 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 infection risks the potential when they're opening that system constantly mm -hmm. and um being able to get the drain out earlier is is dramatic as well. So so the the there's there's many other benefits, but but I just wanted to to share that 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 real time. You know, we were doing it forty years ago, and we're still doing it today. And I feel like there's a lot of things we do because it's the way we've always done it. Right. Um, right. It just sounds like there's a lot of engineering that takes place on a daily basis with patients so, with the other. You know, the hemovax. Is is there any of that with some? I mean, what yeah. what are the so I wanted to give you, uh, I want to piggyback off of what Jane was saying and Dan, maybe give a little bit of a background. You know, I'm a mechanical engineer turned academician, you know, biomedical engineering department. And then we started to solve the problem of fluid accumulation, right? That's how the company, Semovac, started with Josh Hervig and myself saying, let's mitigate accumulation of fluids after um, big abwell hernia cases. Um, and these open ventral hernia cases, right? This is 400,000 patients a year. It's a big problem. You get seromas and all these problems exist. So um, we started there. So we didn't want to really um, change how surgeons place their drains or what drains they use. And so we, we stepped back and said, okay, we should really be able to pull the fluid effectively first and foremost. And you know, as we know, topical pressure on pressure ulcers, incisions, and so on, right? We can we can really have an impact in closing wounds, mitigating infections. So then del let's deliver that inside the surgical space, right? So, um, and if we, but then when we think about with drains, if we are going to do that, no matter what we do, patient has to do work. Patients, in this case, for 30 days, in hernias, abwell hernias, it's 20 days plus, three weeks plus, usually patients come to that third week in general when their drains are removed. In breast cancer reconstructive surgeries, it tends to go to third week. BMI impacts this, uh, higher the BMI, the longer the drain indwelling. 
Um, and then the shortest is really in orthopedic drains, four days or so, because surgeons are so concerned about infection that they won't let drains stay in there, right? So um, then you have everything in between, tummy tucks to other types of breast cancer surgery and so on. While um, when we started from hernia, when I heard um, my, my neighbor and my friends who've gone through breast cancer care with four drains, six drains, and they were telling me things like, I didn't go to my next clinic visit or the contralateral site. Folks who've had, had unilateral surgery would not follow up with the contralateral side because of drain care of all Is the that things. Right? Yes. Oh, it's yes. huge. It's huge. But most women don't have the um, voice to tell their surgeons about this because they think I, I'm getting treated for cancer. This is the most important thing. The surgeon is curing my cancer, removing my cancer. How dare I complain about a drain to my surgeon? This is something they will tell us, right? In one-on-ones. So yeah. I want to tie all of the, what the patient is feeling to clinical outcomes. So mm -hmm. there's study after study after study that will show you usability, experience will tie compliance, compliance ties to, right? Ultimately, whether you as the surgeon, right? Or the healthcare system, less seromas, less infections, right? Better outcomes. I wanna tie something though. This is, this is one of the things that I am very motivated to work on this thing. In breast cancer care, from the first diagnosis, to um, radiation therapy is known to be an important time, right? This is where by weeks and months, if you're delayed, it impacts mortality rates. And you cannot go on to have radiation therapy, right? Post-operative radiation therapy, unless drains are removed, unless your wounds are healed. Mm -hmm. So drain removal time, how quickly patients get drains out can have an impact on their long-term outcomes with their cancer even. So it's not just a convenience issue, right? And then from cancer, breast cancer, we can come back to hernia and talk about infection rates, one in three, right? 30% seroma rates that are complicated that lead to something further. In breast cancer, breast reconstructions, it's nearly 30%. If you go high BMI, it's nearly 50% and up. So um, while we always say at Somovac, it's it's patient. We we help everyone across the board. That's the thing about our company. Mm -hmm. We offer something for the physician, for your clinic, for you to do better in your. You know, you won't have to have seromas. You won't have to have a patient who's undergoing this difficulty after surgery um, in your hands. Nurses, MAs, PAs. It's so much easier to use it. Patients have such an easier time using it. MAs, PAs also have an easier time using it. Patients love us. They want more patients having access. Caregivers of the patients, they want us as well. So we offer, and hospitals, obviously, with less complications, they have great potential to save money. Um, 2.7, if we reduce... Um, 10%. So in, in breast reconstruction, return to OR is 20%, 19 something percent. 
Mm -hmm. If you take that down by 10%, right? You know, in a hundred patient population, only 2.7, um, let me look this up because I don't want to say this wrongly, you know, only 2.7 avoided reoperations pay for all Somovax basically will we'll cover compared to JP bulbs and so on. It, it, it's really interesting how um, fluid accumulation, drain management is there, but it's out of sight, out of mind. Whose responsibility is it to solve? That's mm -hmm. kind of where it is and why it hasn't changed, I think, kind of goes to that. Sorry, very long answer. Oh, my no, goodness. No, I want to I want to dive actually more into that, Ezra, if you can, because and, and let me dial it back just a little bit for somebody that's yeah. listening that may not yeah. be a physician. When you have a mastectomy, this is a removal of your breast. You get massive fluid accumulation if there's not a drain in place. Yes. But there are many other types of surgeries that Somovac could could potentially yes. help. Any surgery where you'd need a drain to remove this fluid that would otherwise accumulate and yeah. potentially get infected. <clears throat> I could see very clearly how this would benefit someone with a mastectomy from a convenient standpoint. Um, but is there a has there been a cost benefit analysis looking at the decrease uh, in operative bringbacks? I mean, does the device pay for itself or something awesome like that that you can tell uh, surgery centers and so forth? Yeah. So I think um, one of the things I missed initially when you asked um, about the company, our status, right? Where where are we? You know, we are a early early stage medtech. Um, we are cleared by the FDA. We have one clinical study that's completed that shows three in mastectomy patients alone, one physician, right? Mastectomies. Mm -hmm. um, we shorten time with drains from about 16 days to 11 days. And um, patients really like us favorably and so on. And um, we've also had no infections in this, in this particular study. So that was our first pilot study that we went out testing the waters. Anecdotally, uh, I was with a surgeon the other day, um, he himself, right? I never take any patients back to the OR when I use a Somovac, right? And so as a small company with limited budget, we've had limited, you know, studies that we could launch. We're working on, the, on this. So this is basically what we're working on. But, but I want to, I want to really come back to something. Continuous suction was delivered when drains were hooked up to the wall for the longest period, right? Until mm -hmm. these handheld manual suction devices came about. Right. So um, when you look at all the data from 70s and before, delivering continuous suction resolves complications and challenges in these flap situations. General, By the way, some of it is cleared for uh, plastic and general surgery large flaps. Currently, mm -hmm. that's what our indication is. Mm -hmm. And orthoplastics, we're also in some of the ortho-oncology or orthoplastics where, you know, a, a flap is created uh, per se. Um, so we really delivered that deep negative pressure therapy that's been shown, right, to help reduce complications. Yeah, seems pretty obvious. It, it is a very obvious, you know, that's why we've had, when we see our surgeons, when we first meet them, they say, where have you been? A lot yeah. of them, uh, and they like what we do. Um, when we visit hospitals, you know, we tell them we have a deep tissue negative pressure therapy device. Um, it makes sense to them as well. And we present 
to them are um, uh, uh, ROI calculations. Mm -hmm. If you, if we were to do this, or if we do this, this would be. And so far, um, we've we've had good luck, you know, as clearing, uh, getting approvals from hospitals and so on. And after all, um, it's undisputable that not touching, not pouring, or not not uh, milking and pouring and all of that matters so much to the patients and their caregivers well, that um, that plays a role in hospital decisions as well. Whether mm -hmm. it's um, really, whether it's, um, I want to generalize something else, um, whether it's breast cancer or hernia or orthopedics, it's mostly women taking care of drains. A caregiver <laughs> at home tends to be, someone right um someone's sister and most patients have told us i called my sister who is a dentist uh, i called my wife's friend who's a nurse right they always call someone in to help with the drains so to it me, it tends to be a care provider of some sort the to to just imagine we're sending people home with something that's so important to to, to have a to, to drain a wound uh, a traumatic injury and um it's all dependent on the user if they don't understand that they need to keep the bulb you know deflated in order to create the suction it's not going to work you know it, it's like the, and if they can't figure out mechanically how to work with that drain it's not going to work mm -hmm. um it, it, it's just it's kind of silly to think that 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 is completely subjective to whoever might have a nurse who's who's a, a neighbor or right. you know, um, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but it's that's why I, I think again I've worked with um, I've just worked with with the most brilliant physicians who care so much about about their patients and um, but but everyone's kind of been helpless unless you can really be in the home daily doing the drain. It's not going to necessarily work properly. Um, and there's many, many ways to, to contaminate yeah. that wound through just through fooling with the device. So, so um, this, the other part of this is again, as a, for the women with mastectomies and reconstruction, especially who go home with the most drains, they have, they've had, a, they've had a breast cancer diagnosis. So that, that kind of knocks the whole family out. Um, and then they they decide to have reconstruction, so they go through a huge surgery that really doesn't have so much to do with the depth or the the prognosis of of the cancer, but they still have this huge surgery with multiple drains, and the the and they're going to many times they're going to actually go to chemotherapy first, not radiation. It's going to be chemotherapy if they have a a larger cancer, so they they're really in, uh, lining themselves up for about a year of treatment, but they start out um, with not one or two, but four at least, sometimes six drains that are all being manually taken care of. And I, it deters their ability to face what's coming um, in the most crucial time. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've just seen it so many times and they become actually de you know, defeated, depressed, um, overwhelmed, and it's something that has nothing to do with their diagnosis. And so I, I think from that perspective, there's a clinical perspective and then there's the um, 
sort of psychological morbidity that is 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 just baked into breast cancer. Yeah. The actual device is a, like a belt and it, it just wraps around their waist and it's very, very trim and very subtle, um, but it's actively working. It's actively doing the work. They don't have to do a thing. With Somovac, we delivered that constant pressure and it's a closed system. So if the patient is laying down, standing up, Doesn't we're independent of gravity. That's mm -hmm. one because we are peristaltic pumps. So it's unique compared to all other technologies out there that anything that might resemble because we're not pulling vacuum in a hard shell. We're pushing the fluid into soft bags. So what that does is we can be with the patient up, down, any direction that you can, right? Uh, independent of gravity. And we always generate that differential and maintain that negative 100. So fluid is always coming out. And the work it takes to eliminate the fluid is literally one click and you toss the bag, you measure in it, it's graduated. It has markings for... Right, you don't, me you see the measurement. You don't have to pour it into anything. And then you put the next one in automatically against. This, this is really key, minimizing that work and making sure the therapy is negative pressures. You know, that is delivered at all times. By the way, what we found in our clinical studies is we pull the fluids out and less first few days, we get more fluid out. We are, you know, getting much more fluid than the JP bulbs. Mm -hmm. But then we reach that 30 cc, 50 cc, 25 cc, whatever the criteria per day is. We reach that sooner mm -hmm. than other tech, you know. Is that because it, it gets more out? I mean, because it, you said it goes from however, 16 days to three days or what, whatever the decrease is. 11 in mastectomy so far. And then anecdotally, we have other, um, we have a recent data set we're looking at in breast reconstruction patients. 10 days. That's really amazing to me because it's, if you look at literature, it's 24 days ish is what you will find for uh, breast reconstruction. So what, again, to be confirmed, we need to look, right? But what happens is because we're pulling fluids out constantly and consistently and effectively, we bring tissue layers together. The idea you might have heard, if you mitigate shearing of the tissue and so on, you might mitigate development or production of the fluid. And if you think about what um, products out there on the topical wounds do, right, in healing and closing wounds, right, we're delivering that same negative pressure therapy, but inside we're sticking tissue layers together, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Some of our physicians will get to their criteria, 20, 30 cc per day, mm -hmm. but then we'll keep the drains in another three days because they want that deep tissue negative pressure therapy to be in there and stick the layers so, together. So for approximation for the, for the wound healing. Potentially, yeah. right, um, I, this is something the company's working on in showing that we, is it possible that delivery of deep tissue negative pressure therapy helps granulation of tissue, mm -hmm. right? So that's something that we're working on to prove as well. well. It makes, it just makes common sense, right? Yeah. Jeff, you're the surgeon. I mean, yeah. it's approximation of tissue. I mean, one thing I'm really dying to know, because common sense tells me maybe it's true. 
I mean, Jane, you, you said that some cases people are getting four drains, six drains. Yeah. Is, is there a chance that they don't need that number of drains with some of that? I mean, somebody that would be getting four drains, can, can it be two? What, what, what's happening there? Yeah. I would love to answer this one since Jane probably does has not seen our study. And indeed, this is something I meant to say. In um, Somovac accepts two drains, right? We have inlets for two drains. We can accept up to four drains. Um, but um, what we found is um, on uh, bilateral mastectomies, uh, physicians who were using two drains have gone down, right? Once they build confidence and get used to using a Somovac, with a little bit of strategy and how they laid a drain inside the surgical site, um, they can go down indeed from two to one drain, which as you know, saves an incision site, less opportunity for right outside to come inside of the body. Mm -hmm. So yes, Dr. Cole, the answer is actually yes, we've seen it. If you decrease reoperation rate, if you decrease the number of days necessary, and you decrease the number of tubes coming out of the body, I mean that's mm -hmm. that's, that's all win-win-win. I mean, I, I think somebody with six tubes coming out, it's impossible to manage, and they're going to catch one on a piece of clothing or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And because yeah. yeah. as an orthopedist, we, you know, we would get calls. You know, the the, the hemovac's not not sucking anymore, but I could see two holes outside the body, you know, should I push it back in? We're like, no, no, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> just go ahead yes. and let it come out. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just thinking if you've got six such drains. Yes. I mean, that's the risk. Is yeah. It's impossible to manage. Six times the chance for error. Mm -hmm. yeah. If you other. especially think about your autologous reconstructions, um, where there is a donor site, um, you you end up up to six or more drains. Certainly, um, uh, we can take some of that can be connected to up to four drains. Mm -hmm. Again, surgeons choosing between 15 and 19 full drains. Uh, we're working on connectors for getting smaller drains hooked up to us as well. Um, but we generally so we want some of that as a company. Um, aims to establish itself the trusted source, um, folks who know drains, right? Because drains are somewhat of a, as a surgeon, you've spent six hours, eight hours, four hours, two hours, right? Doing your craft and so on. And for so many, in so many cases, the drain is placed and the patient goes out and then PAs and other, right? Healthcare providers pr following the surgery, take care of the patient with their drains. So, we want to bring science, technology, and know-how. And we want to be a trusted partner with our surgeons about drain care, drain management. With that said, um, we've seen, um, so one of our goals to complete that is standardizing drain care and drain management. Because we've seen from orthopedics to plastics to general surgery to oncology, right? Surgeonc. We've seen a great variety of methods in which surgeons place drains, secure drains, attach drains. And we're always thinking about what's the most effective way of pulling the fluid out, making an airtight seal where, and then the drain is as tightly in place as possible 
where the patient is not going to have later trouble, right, with that drain as well, like location of drain exit site. Um, so we've built, since we had, um, you know, I want to say over 500 cases now as a company, we've brought all of that information in and so on. We're compiling our know-hows and sharing that with our surgeons, depending on the case, right? Drains are used, as you know, drains are drains. It's not a scalpel, quite a scalpel, but they're widely used. There's quite a bit of variation. Some of X goal is to own drain management and really standardize it for everyone so we can contrast and compare why things work, why things don't work, how can we do that better, so. What does your to-do list, so to speak, look like right now? What are the highest priorities for the company and where are your efforts? So right now company, um, I'm really excited that we're talking um, at the moment with you because we are, um, to some extent, um, we've um, gone through a transition and then we have a new, new team in place. We have Phil Ryan as our CEO that's running uh, our operations and manufacturing. Jane, uh, we've, we've welcomed Jane as a board member uh, with her decades of experience and uh, really understanding how um, drains are used and how they fit in the life of breast cancer patients. So um, I would say currently companies very much focused on um, uh, just setting itself up for this new phase, which is commercialization. We've done um, limited releases, a series of limited releases. Our product is, a, I would call it a sophisticated Gen 1. Um, so um, we're very excited about that. Um, we've learned so much. So we want to utilize all of these, form the best team possible, and then really go towards commercializing our technology. So that's that's kind of where our excitement and enthusiasm is. And you mentioned this is patented. Do you have any competition or anything like this? No, at the, at the moment, no. Um, obviously <laughs> the competition is no drains, sutures, mm -hmm. adhesives, other types of, um, you know, tools to mitigate fluid accumulation, but none of them have shown to fit, uh, right? Sutures, you cannot do sutures in situations where there's implants um, to, you know, put two layers of tissue together. So to the best of our knowledge, um, no, no one has entered. We're still the forerunner in the space and we hope to be that way. We are watching a couple of competitors who are trying to enter. And so, uh, but the market is, you know, millions of drains, right? Yeah. Millions of cases a year. Like the psychological morbidity I mentioned earlier, it's, it's very, very real. And if women knew what they're going to go through with the drain mm -hmm. ahead of time, you know, they would be all talking about what not to do and who to see who uses Somavec because that's what they do. They'll say, you know, I had a nurse navigator with that surgeon, please go to that surgeon. Um, but in this case, it's a surgeon who knows what they're going to go through, but they haven't done it. They haven't read about it or heard about it, that you're going to have a drain. It's going to really ruin your life for 10 days or two weeks. You're going to be, you know, all the things that I've just talked about, they don't know about. So my desire and goal is how do we 
how do we help all those women who are already engaged, already, already organized, already, you know, there's, there's races for the cure and all these things all over, you know, how do we let them understand what's going to, what they need and what's going to make a difference. And I think that the kind of the gates will, will totally um, open because it's preventive. It's preventative on many levels, but it's also so good for, for the women with breast cancer because, mm -hmm. and I know it and you know it, but they need to know it. And so how do we, how do we get that word out? And um, how do, how do I, that's what I want to do as part of is, is help pioneer that path of, of getting it in women's hands, because if they know about it, they will, they will ask for it and they will get it. <laughs> I do know you, that from everything you, else that's happened. Jane, do you have support or involvement with, Susan G. Komen or American Breast well, Cancer Society, any of those big I, entities? I'm, I don't know that, Ezra, you, you have gone down that path. Of, you know, those are areas that I've, I'm very comfortable in my lane to, to have those conversations in, in the future. Because I do think there's, there's these, again, these armies of women ready to to yeah. go, it's just getting on the side of our, of, on the production side, you know, and the strategies around that. So, you know, I think we're gonna, we're getting all those things aligned yeah. now. We've done it at the local level. Uh, we've had really good um, results um, when we engage uh, local chapters, because when we go to these local chapters, physicians <laughs> or nurses are there as well. Um, Dr. Cole, I, I think, as a surgeon, if a patient showed up with the brochure of Semovac and said, I want this, right, we, we want to, you know, that could create backlash on the technology and on the product, which we're very cognizant about. Right, right. Just making sure that everyone knows what this technology does. So we're trying to wrap, in general, our strategy is to have sales reps or clinical specialists that are visiting the surgeons as well as we're talking to the local breast cancer community or nurses or mastectomy stores so that we can go both sides in so that um, everyone is aware. Um, most physicians, when they meet us from the time they see us to using one is usually sometimes hours if they have, right, <laughs> a clinic in their office because most plastic surgeons not only do reconstructions, but they also have cosmetic patients um, who are women, tend to be tummy tuck and so on. And they also have a sisterhood without a doubt. Yeah. Um, I've been in cases where um, the spouse of, of someone who's having a surgery would say, we came to surgeon so-and-so because we knew he had a somovac. Um, so we've had those situations. Um, but, um, Definitely, sisterhood is very strong in either the cosmetic side or the reconstructive or uh, mastectomy side. Women, when they have good experiences, when they see something that helps them, they want to share. Right. And we're, we're, as a company, we are always balancing that enthusiasm with allowing our surgeons time to get to know us, build trust, um, and so that we can right, get some of that to the patients and to the healthcare system mm -hmm. to have better clinical outcomes, save, save thousands of dollars. We're talking about $2,200 per, per case. If we, if we take return to OR from 19% to 10%, you 
in breast reconstructions, $2,200, right? All cases could say. Um, reducing clinic visits, aromas, aspirations, admissions, all of those things are part of this. I'm trying to think about the, the surgeon groups that are going to be the highest users, I guess, surgi surgical oncology, general surgeons, plastic surgeons. And then where most of their work is being done. Is it being done in the yeah. hospital or is it being done in an ASC? You know, who, who are you having to, to sell this to? Um, yeah. So the tip, the top of the um, pyramid for us is our plastic surgeons because they use their drains the most and they're really concerned about the timing of drain removal. And, you know, they're, they're um, one of our physicians told me they're fixing things that didn't work, right? I mean, they're kind of plastic surgeons in reconstructive sense are called in to solve problems that have not been resolved, um, creating flaps and so on. Um, so they use drains and also plastic surgeons communicate with general surgeons, surgeons, orthopedic surgeons, right? So when we meet a plastic surgeon and have cases with them, we tend to then meet everyone else that they are operating with. So some of that gets to get in front, right? Then gets um, kind of spread through that tree, that plastic surgeon. Um, so hernias, re breast reconstructions, um, they are still um, at a, hernias are three to five day hospital stay at a minimum. Whereas breast reconstructions are increasingly going to 23 hour, this outpatient mode. But what we found is they still are in the hospital. Although COVID, as you know, so many surgeries have started going down the outpatient ASC path during COVID. So we are seeing some level of transition out to the ASCs. Um, but primarily right now, our call point is hospitals, surgeries that take take place at the hospital, I would say, for the, for the foreseeable future. But the company does have to be aware that some of these cases are going to ASCs, and that, that's a reality. You know, uh, Ezra, uh, several of the uh, previous guests that we've had on the show have been able to write grants for their various projects. It would seem like you or someone within the organization would have the expertise or or would find the expertise to do that because it seems very obvious to me how this would improve patient care. And you've talked so much about breast cancer. Yes. It would seem like they would, they would fund or would be willing to entertain funding a study uh, on a breast cancer uh, uh, outcome. You know, my academic background, when I hear the word grant kind of. You cringe. <laughs> <laughs> but you are correct in mm -hmm. the sense. Yes. And a couple of our conversations have been with the hospitals, um, breast cancer centers or nonprofit arms, being able to provide some of X to patients mm -hmm. who cannot afford. Right. Yeah. And so on um, without a doubt. But one of the things that I want to bring up the company, we are medtech, but we do have this slight hint of biotech to us. Um, we don't talk about this, but this is an area we wrote grants uh, more to do basic science and study, not basic, but translational, let's say. Um, is, as I've been suggesting, the fluid is getting collected this in this surgical site, right? And our black bags are 
basically you click it off. It has no spill. They don't spill. And if you cap it, put it in a box and ship it to a lab, you could spin this fluid down and you can ask, are there malignant cells in this fluid or not? As a first step per se, mm. right? Uh, I'm sure you are aware of the CTC liquid biopsy world or CTDNA, uh, looking at cell-free DNA mm -hmm. or all of these things in whole blood. We have okay. now Cell Search, a company in metastatic breast cancer patients, they've shown if you find five or more malignant cells in 7.5 ml of whole blood, mm -hmm. that may indicates recurrence. So when you take a look at the seroma fluid that we're collecting, and say, what's in this fluid? Can we associate this with disease progression? Mm -hmm. all, of a, all of a sudden, Somovac is not just a med tech that minimizes, mitigates clinical outcomes mm -hmm. uh, that pertain to infection. And so we could be life-saving. Mm -hmm. So that's the area of the company for which we've written grants. Um, mm -hmm. And we intend to do more SBIRs and so on because the fluid we're collecting, Dr. Cole, as an orthopedic surgeon, infections, right? We could look at pH of this fluid early on. We could do so much. And there's data. There's data from 80s that say when you, in pancreatic washes of the surgical space, when you look at that fluid, if you see cells in there, it indicates recurrence. Mm -hmm. In breast cancer patients, uh, premenopausal women with cells that were found in their Seroma fluid collected at the end of a drain um, indicates recurrence and mortality. So those are the types of things we're working on. Um, and we intend to grow further in that looking at what's in the fluid. And uh, could that help pharma, right? Then you can go down the path of thinking, does this help pharma? Does mm -hmm. Somovac have an angle? But um, as far as... Um, I think that's why we welcome Jane as far as our connections to thinking about breast cancer community, uh, nonprofits and so on. We will leverage Jane, Jane's background, experience, know-how connections in making more robust connections to those who can reach more patients, basically, patient awareness. Well, Ezra has actually been my hero for many years, so it's a, it's such a, a privilege to work with her because um, you know I know for a fact because we've been in close conversation for over three years now, but that that many times it's it's Ezra on the phone with the patient who's at home um, asking questions. It's Ezra talking to the nurses. Um, she's the most hands-on, uh, compassionate, um, empathetic scientist, engineer, uh, woman. And so, um, it's, 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 I think, I think the company is a reflection of that as well. And it's, it's really, um, exciting to see, um, what the potential is, but also to know that it's going to meet the need of so many people. And it will also kind of, uh, all, all boats will float in this one. You know, it's going to impact, uh, the woman who has a Somovac is going to love her surgeon even more. And, uh, and, the, and again, the outcomes, the clinical outcomes, uh, I think will, will in the end tell the story. We're just getting started, uh, changing, changing the way medical practice happens. And that doesn't happen very often in my life. I've been consulting 
since 20, 2006 with, with hospital systems creating comprehensive breast programs. And um, so I haven't gotten to be on the ground with the patient as much, but I've been working at the, at the higher level of creating the program so that every woman is with that diagnosis as they enter that system, whether it be a one hospital or a 20 hospital, you know, are they going to get the same level of attention and care and, and standards? And um, it just has, has been a, a driving force uh, in my life for a long time to, to impact that journey and knowing that if it if if you have the right person doing the right thing at the right time, you're gonna you're gonna get that patient through that that cancer journey more quickly and hopefully to a to a healthy life. What do you think the potential is, Ezra? Do you know how many drains are put in? Your oh, yeah. so if you look at our indications, what we're indicated for right now by the FDA. You know, we have. Our immediate market is 700,000 surgeries in women's health. Um, this is your breast mastectomies, axillary node resections, uh, breast recons, and, and then you add probably some of the co cosmetic surgeries as well. So that's that gets you to 700,000. And when you add your hernia surgeries, uh, open ventral hernias, 400,000 cases, I call this grouping of complicated orthopedic situations, uh, the, the amputations, limb salvage situations, mm -hmm. um, sarcomas that require ortho to come in and so on. That Those all together really uh, did get you to about 4.5 billion in market size, you know, whereas our immediate immediate market is really half a million, half a billion and, you know, mm -hmm. very healthy. So we, we really can go to market and, and really exist in that zone and wait for a strategic to see, right? And we're not even talking intra-abdominal intra -abdominal drains. We're not talking spine. We're not talking brain, right? Our technology can, right? We can work on our technology to get indications, right, in those spaces as well if you think about a big strategic. So opportunity is great. No one is there currently, um, uh, but it requires a shift in how drains are an afterthought to now we have a powered suction mm -hmm. at the end of a drain and we should all take a look at how it can help us. So that's kind of where, um, but it's a, it's, it's a really um, great market opportunity right. here. What you've got is a device that provides significant improvement over traditional drains for surgery. And it does that by providing continuous negative pressure mm -hmm. and very importantly, a one-way valve, thereby reducing drain time, infection rates, and reoperative occurrence, and also even improves compliance in patients who might need yeah. multiple surgeries. So I always say, on our podcast, we try to find things that improve patient care, patient satisfaction, improve doctors' lives, mm -hmm. uh, perhaps even, uh, you know, reward us financially. I think it check marks all the box, yeah, all the boxes. So I'm really glad that you guys joined us. I would like to step maybe what Jane said, if you don't mind, because sure. I know we're talking a lot about the problem because this is kind of like a blind spot or I play tennis. So we have that middle zone. That's no man's land. We call it and you're, you're not supposed to be there. This kind of drain care, drain management is kind of in the blind spot of healthcare, right? Mm -hmm. I personally, right at the university, I was measuring cancer cells, mechanical properties to discern whether they could 
you know, cell mechanics. I mean, I was doing really deep tech, sexy, very challenging things, you know, mm -hmm. but I was writing grants, getting papers output. Then I ended up going to the OR operating room with, uh, with our collaborators. And I just, as a mechanical engineer, a kid in a candy shop, oh my goodness, why is that there? Why, how I, you know, I was so excited about it. VCs, NIH, everyone is spending so much dollars in what's happening in the operating room. We are, we're spending, right, technologies, cardio, neuro, everything that is immediately in the OR. But all of that work you've done, precious work you've done in the operating room, 30 days, 20 days, 15 days, need technologies, right? To recuperate, to rehab and so on. And so I realized, oh my goodness, we just have to do this better, this piece better. It's a very different way of thinking about how we treat our patients when they leave the operating room and how we protect the work that you've done, our surgeon, our, our hospitals. We're your partner. We want to help you do that better. Sometimes it's more about understanding truly what the problem is rather than thinking about what the sexiest solution is. Mm -hmm. It's really sometimes there's very simple solutions to really challenging problems. And that's mm -hmm. my personal goal is to simplify, not to complicate. So mm -hmm. I really, I've really enjoyed having you guys here. This has been a great, a great podcast, probably one of the better ones we've done. And I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, you can learn more at somovac.com. Uh, mm -hmm. Also mergemedical.org. This is Ezra Roan and Jane Burrs with my co-host, Dr. Jeff Cole. I'm Dr. Jeff Brown. We're out.